Welcome to Soul by the Pound podcast. This podcast is a safe space designed to inspire and empower women of color to take personal responsibility in their health and mental wellness. So ladies, sit back and enjoy. This is our space. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Soul by the Pound podcast. I'm just so excited. Wait, I can't even think about what episode this is. Is this 11, 12? We're 11 or 12, but (laughs) I am so happy to have Tiffany McDuffie here. Hey, Tiff. Hey, China. (laughs) I'm so excited to have Tiffany here. You guys, like, when it comes to summertime, right, and we think about play, we think about work-life balance, I couldn't imagine anyone else than Mrs. Play herself to come on and really just talk to our listeners in regards to how do you balance work and play life? How do you not be burnt out? And how can we just really balance it all? So I had to have you on the show. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we are excited you. So I, of course, want to always start off reading off the bio so people can just truly know how fabulous some of our guests are, and I will let them know more about you. Uh, Tiffany is the founder of She Plays Co. She is a speaker, lifestyle, and leadership coach, as well as a strategic consultant. She facilitates trainings, workshops, and experiences that equip leaders with with the framework to align people strategy with profit strategy. She's known for cultivating happiness at work, which we definitely going to talk about that later, optimizing executive performance as team players and their effectiveness as team leaders, navigating change, disrupting burnout, hello, and advocating for gender equity. She provides a fresh perspective on the necessity of elevating emotional intelligence, shifting resilience, cultivating leaders at every level of business. She uses these strategies to co-create organizational efficiencies, employee engagement, experience, and courageous communication as she helps leaders develop play-to-win plans so they can maximize their outcomes and shift culture. She is a serial entrepreneur, snap, snap, and she is a work-life play advocate and an agent of creative change. She has inspired leaders. She's inspired me, (laughs) working moms, entrepreneurs, and youth across the nation. Tiffany encourages people of all age to embrace the spirit of play in order to spark the innovation, grit, and joy needed to reach their fullest potential in every stage of their life. Okay, bye, y'all. I love it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. She sounds fancy. Yeah, she is fancy. I really just want you to, like, tell more of our to our listeners, like, really what got you started with She Plays and what exactly is She Plays? Uh, she Plays was really born as the passion project. I was running a youth sports organization all about uh, youth development, youth leadership, and really helping kids find joy again. There were so many kids who were just like um, unhappy and depressed and and stressed and anxious. And I was just like, my childhood was amazing. So what's going on? And as I started to work in that um, vein, I myself found the joys of just like really leaning back into your your inner child and um, 
And I was like, wait a minute, we're we're changing the lives of children across the city, and yet their moms all look stressed out. Like we have the same problem. So how can we really um, elevate and celebrate ourselves? And so she plays was really born just of a desire to provide for myself um, and then my peers what we were providing to kids across the city of Milwaukee. I love that. I think, too, because as a mother, you're giving so much to your kids so they can have that outside experience. They can have a day of play. They can enjoy all of those activities. But it does turn into burnout for some parents. So understanding that that is a need is something a lot of people kind of miss. So that that is like a perfect niche that you found. We're really, um, I say it found me. It is, it was so... um... I don't know, transformational in a way. I guess it's only so much that you can teach it until you start to look at yourself like, am I living this? Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah, it's really cool to have a fun, upbeat, you know, balanced childhood. But if if you get to be an adult and you're not practicing any of those things, then was it really worth it? And so it really just got me back to knowing that, you know, age is, uh, shouldn't determine when we stop playing, right? We don't, there's a quote that says, we don't stop playing because we grow older, but we grow old when we stop playing. And so literally I just um, dove deep into all of this literature and neuroscience and research around play and playfulness for adults. And um, it helped me know that I wasn't alone. It helped me know that it was prevalent. It helps me know that it was very much needed, especially for high performing women, especially for busy, ambitious women. Double down on that if you're a mom, double down on that if you care for elderly parents, double down on that if you're trying to give back to your community. And women are um, naturers by nature, I guess, Mm -hmm. and nurturers by nature. And so um, we're always giving to someone, something or some cause. And so really just to put ourselves back in the forefront of that um, has been an amazing experience. Like I said, I started it for me, but it has literally spawned across um, the globe. I won't even just say the nation. We've had a couple of international events and um, it, it's just it's just caught on like wildfire. It's been so good to watch because um, in my past life, working on marketing, you and I worked together for um, play. So now it's good to see the other side of it and see how it's grown so much. And I'm thinking about like for the listeners who are familiar, I know, was it last year or was it the year before during the pandemic when you did the um, the virtual day of play yes. for women? Yeah. That- was it was it like last year? Okay. It was twenty twenty. So it was October twenty twenty. We did the International Women's Day of Play. Um a day dedicated just to really banishing burnout, leaning back into your purpose and and uh the things that energize you, right? And just teaching adults how to play again because we had really just like given it up. We were too fancy, we had too much money, too many kids, we was too married, we was too something to play. So this was really just an opportunity to um to just find joy. Yeah, I think we overcomplicate what joy and self-care can look like. And I just got to brag about them boxes that you sent out for that day of play because the boxes, the swag was amazing with the jump rope in it. It had the candle in it. It had essential oil in it. Like, it just had so much in it, a pocket mirror. But it's just literally those things were indicators to women, like, to take this time out just for yourself. And it was I mean, a jump rope, when the last time we just grabbed a jump rope and just jumped? You know what I mean? Like, it's so nostalgic, but it definitely brings joy in just every day. So that was, this organization, I just love it. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's um we actually picked up some media attention on that. I always brag on you and say you were the first black woman I ever knew to be sitting on a new the regular news when you turn on the TV. So that actually inspired me a lot. And so um subsequently, literally every time I get on the news, I do think of you. I don't know if I've ever shared that, but they were all in the news unpacking those boxes, honey. And it even now, you know, two almost yeah, two full years later, I'll get a picture of someone in my phone or in my inbox and they're sitting with their like she plays eye mask on or they're pulling out their jump rope or Yes. <laughs> that they, you know, hadn't been using, but they finally picked back up. So this definitely um, impactful work. And, and a, it feels amazing to be able to merge your income with your impact. So absolutely. Yeah. Let me tell you, I still have my jump rope in the car. I think I have essential oil somewhere on my dresser. Like it was definitely a prosperity oil. Um, it definitely was. Yeah, that is an event to remember. And I'm so happy with all of the things you're doing now, which I'm going to segue into now because right now you're doing a lot more work when it comes to corporate and when it comes to burnout. Do you want to talk more about that? Sure. I mean, burnout has been um, plagued as an epidemic, you know, before the pandemic even arrived, the World Health Organization was talking about the chronic burnout that we as Americans were facing and how that disproportionately affected women. And um, again, like I said, especially if you add corporate women, especially if you add mom, especially if you add any sort of caretaker role, um, women were just, was just burning out at chronic rates. And in a lot of ways, um, we were perpetuating it by... <clears throat> overworking being very much rewarded. You know, the more you, the harder you work, Mm -hmm. the more hours you put in, you know, maybe there was additional pay. Maybe you were working to get to the next level, that whole grind culture, sleep when you're dead, that whole hustle thing, you know, like all of that really perpetuated an environment that was not sustainable. And so, you know, really, I think, especially among black and brown women, we weren't even, um, well-versed in like what burnout might look or feel like because we were so used to being and living and doing in survival mode um, and really kind of putting the entire culture or our families on our back, especially if you were like a first-generation um, college graduate, if you were a first-generation six-figure earner. It's kind of, I heard someone call it once like the black tax where you were, you kind of self-imposed sometimes this need to take, put everyone else in your family on your back or to make sure that you're the one that made it. So now, you know, there's this extra amount of burden being placed Mm -hmm. upon you to, you know, make it right for everyone. And the truth is is that we can't take care of anyone if we can't take care of ourselves. There's all those cliches, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup, put your oxygen mask on first and, and things like that. And, and they, they sound, you know, cute to say, but they actually, become cliches because they're true and because they resonate, you know, so much and because they're said so often. Yeah. And so really just identifying that burnout is um happening, understanding yeah. to, you know, the signs of burnout and and just being willing to let go, you know, take your foot off the gas. People be like, all oh, I'm all gas, you know, like yeah. I'm I'm lit. I'm this just being <laughs> just you know, you know, and recognizing that rest is a self-care strategy, that rest is a revolution, that, you know, our bodies deserve to rest and they don't always have to be in motion. It's just a major key. Yeah. You know, it's funny because 
everything you're saying now, you and I personally have had that conversation or you've said that to me because it is this thing where when you are like, whatever the first looks like in your family, you do tote that responsibility to be not just financially responsible for other people in your family, but even like, can you look over this document? What you think it is? Or I'm going through this part. Like you literally become the source of everything. I think about like, you remember um, Soul Food where she was like, ATM, automatically Terry's money. You know, like everyone in the family knew they could come to her. Like I, always, I don't know why that always pops in my head, but like sometimes when you are the first, you end up taking on that burden, right? And we're kind of essentially taught to, uh, like, I don't know. I don't know. I could go on that all day long. but Literally. Yeah, no, I think it is... Um... It's imposed, but it's also sometimes we wear it as a badge of honor. I know in me personally, I definitely, when people would talk about um, superwoman syndrome or like, you know, I, I was proud to be like, oh, I'm the Olivia Pope of my family, you know, I, mm-hmm. until I realized that when you think about um, the shows that were on at that time, it was like Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder. Those were the two main shows on primetime TV. Both of them had powerful Black women in them, but m- both of those women were spiraling. Mm-hmm. Both of those women were involved in like majorly toxic relationships. They had, um, one of them had, you know, alcoholism issue. They were just not really fulfilled. Everybody was pulling on them. And so- mm-hmm. Really, it took me reading something one day to realize that's not what success really means. That's not what um, the ideal should be. That's not hashtag goals. That's actually toxic and it's being um, celebrated because she's still getting everything done. And so the truth is that um, we need to really lean back into like, but at what cost and truly reimagine what success really means. And so that's how my work went from um, just just um, direct to consumer or one-off events or, you know, from the passion project to one-off events to working in corporate. And it was really, you know, from a business strategy saying, well, when we serve children, we went to the schools because the schools had all the children. Well, where are the women, you know, most women are at work, you know, and that, that is where we all as Americans spend the majority of our time. And if you're not happy there, then that is definitely a downward spiral um, toward the rest of your life. And the pandemic really set, uh, rolled out the red carpet for this idea because prior to that, especially busy women and especially women of color would be like, play, you know, like, I don't got time to play, girl. I'm about this money. I'm, I'm, I'm chasing my bread. I'm trying to break generational curses for my kids. Right. But really, play is the antidote to burnout, right? Finding things, all play means in the dictionary is spontaneous moments of joy. And oh. I always tease, like, I'm like, Oprah, like, you get some joy, you get some joy, you get some joy. <laughs> and like, who wouldn't want more joy? But because we have been conditioned to believe that we need to... Um, what Beyonce say, she work hard, she grind till she own it, you know, like it's, it's celebrated. And so we were just working ourselves into um, a way that really was not sustainable. And although, you know, as a black woman, obviously that's my first affinity group. So it resonates most with me. But the interesting thing is when you enter those corporate doors, you realize that burnout has no, you know, has no skin color. It's much like COVID, like anybody can get it. Right. And 
it's it's prevalent across um, all genders, uh, really all genders, all races, all ages. You know, you have millennials that are burned out. They just entered the workforce. I think that nowadays they're just more acutely aware of mm-hmm. health issues in ways that we were not before, in ways that we weren't privy to, or in ways that um, we were shamed for. Like we couldn't mm-hmm. admit I'm I'm 44. We couldn't admit back then that we thought we were having mental health issues. You know, people look at you crazy, but now it's, you know, the stigma has been broken. And so in the corporate space, you just see women perpetually burned out. And um, when I do my work, I always keep it experiential is probably the corporate word to be used. Cause if you say play-based it, it, it does get the side eye off top, but you know, we'll have in a zoom room, I'll have people change their name to the, um, their mood and the last thing that they ate. And you'll have like languishing salmon, overwhelmed oatmeal, you know, just like stressed out pasta, you know, or, um, or, you know, like, Whatever, whatever negative adjective, and then just like, but I didn't eat, you know, like I don't, I don't know what the last time I ate was, and so that was really my social proof to say, hey, you all are, um, your organizations aren't focused on how these people are really feeling because you don't give them the opportunity to do so. And yeah. I would always invite people when they got off of my zooms to go back and change their names to whatever they were before. And you could almost see a little bit of like revolution in these people because some people would be like, actually, I'm gonna leave it like this. So my manager know how I feel. Cause he never, <laughs> you know? And so it was almost of the freedom of just being able to admit that, um, how you were feeling to have somebody listen and be able to talk about it in a safe space where other people were feeling the exact same way. Mm-hmm. And incorporating some kind of, like going back to the definition of play is like, it's spontaneous to change your name or like, it does bring you a, like it brings joy. I know like in one of my meetings on this program I was on every Friday, we do filter Friday. So we all wear filters throughout the duration of the meeting and something mm. that small, just literally made us laugh. Guys was putting on purple lips and like mohawks or like whatever crazy filter we could figure out from Zoom. But it definitely was something that lightened the mood and like just released a little bit. So Absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny because we're really quick to like, if someone's like the struggle is real, the people be like, yes, girl. Yes. But if you be like happiness is a choice, they just look at you like, but how? Yeah. How can we so easily accept that the struggle is real, but we refuse, are perplexed and want to debate that happiness is a choice? Like they're just two opposite sides of a coin. And to be honest, it's all about a decision. And that sounds very simplistic and maybe even unrealistic to some people. But if you really just um, open your, you know, get a little bit more open minded and recognize that we are in control of our destinies, that we make choices, you know, to be in jobs that we hate or jobs that we love, that there is other opportunity out here besides us settling for safe if we were looking to make an option, you know, make a jump. Um, When you really lean into the fact that you get one life and you get to make it what you want it to be, um, people's lives change, you know, Mm -hmm. and and that doesn't always mean quitting your job. I know the great resignation is a huge thing now. Everybody's not meant to be an entrepreneur because this this life is is tough. So is staying in a job that you hate. But at this point, there are jobs that you can align with your personal passions that that you actually love. You know, Mm -hmm. one of the things 
we teach in corporate is a, a program called Happy at Work Academy. And it's all about helping um, women leaders be more happy, engaged, and resilient at work. We got the resilient part down pat. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. Yeah. through the pandemic, but we're not recovered, right? So it's leaning back into that you're resilient, but you're not recovered. So you're not happy and therefore you're not engaged. And when the corporations were able to see, you know, the ROI that is actually costing them money because people are not, they're there, mm-hmm. but that's, that's it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like indifferent compliance, we're here, but we're really not interested. And so I would challenge the managers to be like, well, if your if your um, meeting topic was not excited, not invited, how many people would show up? You know, when you realize nobody on your team is coming because ain't none of them excited, you'd be like, oh, ur, let right. me read this thing. So it's it's just been an amazing journey. With all of this that you learned, because it like. And this is so funny because you, all right, for our listeners, you and I do know each other personally. You're like my big sister. And, well, like, it's so funny because on one of these podcast episodes, I was like one of my friends. And I'm like, who am I saying friends? I always say my sister. But anyway, as a big sister, you learn so much in this realm. And I'll, like, all of this, I'm like jotting down notes while we're talking because a lot of this is new information I never heard of. What are some things that you wish that you knew sooner? Like, because you were in corporate before you started this, uh, way before. What would you suggest to those who are in corporate now? Or like, what are some things that you wish you, that you know now that you could like channel to some of the people who are in that corporate lifestyle now, kind of understanding how to find that happy? Um, I think a couple things that are my go-to. I always encourage people to write a badass list. And people are like, what is that? It was like a list of 10 things that you've accomplished in the past that help you know that you can get to whatever your big crazy dream is, right? So for me, you know, I've done certain things that I have to remind myself because when you're busy and ambitious, you're just like chasing the next win. So you kind of don't celebrate your things. And so like my badass list has, it makes me remember, you know, the things I've overcome. I graduated from high school when I was 16 years old. I've visited, um, four of the seven continents. I um, passed the CPA exam on the first try. I, you know, things like I've received. (laughs) I received congressional recognition for my work with children. I switched from children to adults. And, you know, people like, well, I haven't done any of that stuff. It could be like I was on, you know, I I went to the gym three times this week. You know, I didn't scream at my kids. It can be the simplest things that that really, you know, just reminds you of who the bloop you are, right? Like it just reminds you of who you are when trial and challenge come because they're always coming. Trial and challenge are always coming. So the first thing I say is the badass list. And, and I would say like, read it every morning, like make it part of your morning routine. Cause it kind of like jumpstarts your day. Like I didn't wake up today to be mediocre. I've done this in the past and I know I can get to the next thing that I'm trying to get to. The other thing is, um, I always dare people when I am working directly. This was typically when I was just doing um, like group workshops with with just the general public. Like, what's your big crazy dream? Like, mm-hmm. what's the thing that you know deep in your heart is tugging at you and you can't let it go, but you're too scared to do it because it seems unsafe. And yet, you the it when I say big crazy, I think uh there's a book called like B Hags, like your big hairy audacious goal. So similar, but the one thing, one caveat I would put on that is like the thing that you w- would be embarrassed to say out loud because people would laugh. 
And I just, I share mine. I'd be like, I want to be a household name like Oprah. And I don't know how, and I don't know when, but I know that it's possible because if you look at Oprah's story, I mean, she endured some crazy things. And so if it was possible for her, then it's possible for me. And I really don't put an age on it. Would I have liked for it to already happen? Sure. But, um, but you know, I know that it's possible. I know that it can come if I work toward it. And so that's my big crazy dream. So write your badass list, figure out what your big crazy dream is, share it with somebody because when you share it, it's more likely to get done because you've put it in the world and you got somebody to hold you accountable or remind you of what you said. Um, and the third thing would be like to create a quit list. Like everybody got a to-do list. You got a to-do list. You got a goal list. You got all these things that you are striving toward. But a lot of the times, the reason we can't make it to what we're striving toward is because we're holding on to too much. Some things that we need to let go. And so I call it this laptop. Go back. I love this. (laughs) So the quit list is everything that you want to let go. The quit list is everything you want to let go. You know, you can't never in life beyond these last, I would say five years, since 2017, but really probably in the last two years that I really, really understand the lyrics to Bag Lady by Erica Badu. Like we be holding on to everybody's stuff and then we be holding on to our stuff and we be holding on to our trauma and we like, we got enough to hold on we got enough that we need to let go this personally ours. But like in my family, we we're like we're not just like a mother, father, children family. We're like a mother, father, children, cousins, aunties, uncles. Like it was a point in time where I could tell you three three third cousin removed where they were today and what was going on with their life and not from social media, but really because we would just had our lives that intertwined. And some people look at it and they're just like, Oh my God, I just love your family. But also that doesn't allow people to like make their own mistakes to fail Mm -hmm. forward and those sorts of things. So, Mm -hmm. you know, a quit list is not an easy task. I, you know, part, my my marriage was great until it wasn't and once it was toxic and I had worked through things to try to remedy it and to try to keep us together because you know no one gets married to get divorced but Mm -hmm. like my marriage became on my quit list Mm -hmm. and for a long time I was very embarrassed like how you gonna teach women how what do you mean she plays to win you're not even married you know women are because that's the goal for most women and so what are people gonna think and I'm just like my life is what it is I am happy I am full. I am content. And so, you know, that quit list can get, that quit list can get risky. You know, you're like, yeah, the things things that go on your quit list are things like, you know, if you know that something drains you and doesn't energize you consistently, if you know, when you enter in the space or interaction with a person or interaction with a job interaction, you know, if you know that instantly you're going to feel worse when you left, that's something that should be on your quit list. And this ain't for the people who will be like, I don't want to go to the gym. I feel drained when I walk in there. That's not (laughs) what But um, because nobody usually feels bad after the workout is done. The hard part is getting there. But I mean, really intentionally creating a quit list of like, these things don't bring me joy, nor do these people, nor do these sorts of actions, nor do these sorts of tasks. Like right now on my quit list is cleaning my house ever. And people will be like, what? Yeah, like I need a cleaning person. I grew up 
in corporate America where I traveled all the time, which means I lived in hotels very often. I didn't have to do much, right? Like I just keep it decent so they don't think I'm a total slob. But I mean, somebody came in and cleaned every day. That's on my that's on my quit list. Cleaning and honestly driving too. Oh my gosh, I hate driving. <laughs> Literally. And if you, you know, you live in New York, so, you know, that's a reality to a lot of people there. But for me, it's just like, wait, you don't have no car. I will be looking at you sideways. But I mean, I've lived between Milwaukee and Chicago for about the last five years now. And just navigating between both of those cities, it's just like it's only 90 minutes. But my God, if I have to drive another, you know, lap. So, you know, create your quit list, uh, figure out your big crazy dream and share with somebody. And um, write your badass list. You know, I really love that. And let me real quick though, going back to that that quit list. So it goes right back to this whole situation of burnout, how we don't want to quit certain things. So like recently, and I'm just thinking of this as you're talking, recently my father was in a hospital and just, you know, he needed rest. He his body needed rest. Mm-hmm. So when he came home, I'm like, all right, dad, we're going to get you, you know, someone to prepare your meals and leave them for you. Someone to do your laundry. And he was so mad. Like, that is crazy. Like, I don't need that. I could do my own, which he very well can. And he has. Right. But I pay someone to do my laundry. I don't have the time to do my laundry currently. Right. And if I am an able-bodied person who is, what, 20 years younger than him, I, if I could do this, he can do this too. But it goes back, and this is attributing to his burnout, trying to do everything on his own. And I had to tell my dad, like, literally, this is a luxury. A, this is a luxury for you to not have to do it. It's terrible if you're forced to do it. You know what I mean? Like, whatever it is in your life. Because I've actually been having this conversation with people all over. Like, literally, at the hair salon, I asked somebody. I was out of town. I asked two random people. But what is your luxury of your adult life that you wish that you had as a kid? And my, I asked my best friend. She said, having a dishwasher. She was like, growing up, I hated doing the dishes. I have two brothers. I think my luxury was putting my stuff in one spot. And when I come back, it's still there. Because I had two houses, parents divorced. So me having your stuff in two different houses. I like the, my luxury is having my stuff exactly where I left it. So I think like going back to what you said, like going back to that quit list and getting rid of anything that does not serve you or serve future you even is, I love that. I like that. That might be the title of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. So you gave us a lot of gems today. Um, Typically like, Typically, we go through and we do our soul star tip, and that is our tip that our listeners can take immediate action on and do after they hear this episode, but I don't think that we even have to do it because you gave the tip of what is your big crazy dream, writing out your badass list, and then creating a quit list. Would you say that that is something like immediately our listeners can be like, boom, I'm, they, in fact, they should. I'm going to say it is, but is there anything else that you would want to add or does that sound about right for our soul star too? I mean, those are definite, those are things that you could do like today. People are like, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I'm going to do that on the first. Like, no, those are things you could do today. Yeah. Those are things you could do in the next hour, you know, yeah. and if you don't overthink it, just write your list. And so I, um, huh, I just think, um, those are really good. The only other one that I would add is someone asked me once, like, do you have core values? You know, like every business has core values, you know, the stuff they write on the wall. Some of them do it. Some of them don't. 
do you have core values for your life? So if you don't have core values, you know, that is something that you should consider much like your habit. You should consider creating your own core values. Obviously one of my core values is play. So I, you know, I plan my play um, like I plan my work. And, and so the only other thing I'd say about that is she asked, I think I was, I had taken on a client I didn't really like, or something was happening. I was wonky. I, my, my, my energy was off. And she was like, well, do you, do you consult with those values before you say yes? To everything like before you say yes to a date before you say yes to your kids before you say yes to a job before you say yes to your mate do you consult those values and if not we're just like those companies that write these big mission and vision statements and stuff for everybody is you know horribly miserable on the inside so yeah. Yeah. I guess that would be my that's a fourth thing to do but you know, again, these can be really quick and easy. And if you really lean into them and if you really meditate on them and use them daily, then it will change your life. So that, that would be my fourth one or my, that would be my soul star tip, you know, create yourself some, some personal, uh, values and, um, and let that be how you live your life. Like, let that be your standard of this is what happens here. And, you know, con- con- like Frank's hot sauce, like <laughs> put that on everything. You know, like every decision needs to be based on those values. Oh, I love it. Yes. Okay. All right. So y'all got y'all uh, soul star tip of the episode to take immediate action core values, create the quit list in your big crazy dream. And don't forget that badass list. <clears throat> Excuse me. I love it. Okay. Okay. So any final, cause I know I'm going to get inboxes. This always happens to me after every episode, I get inboxes, I get emails or I get texts like, where can I find this person? At? I really liked it. So where can they find you at? What's coming up next in case people want to look for you? Like tell us all the details. So I am on, I, I would love to be like, I'm on all the socials that she plays to win, but my social is getting rebranded. So I'm on Instagram predominantly. Um, she plays, I think it's underscore to win. So you can always check me out there on LinkedIn. I'm under my my name. So Tiffany Yvonne um, Grattan McDuffie. I think my last name is in parentheses. It's, it's a complicated story. I told y'all I got divorced. So I was just like, who am I? And who I've always been is Tiffany Yvonne. So literally I'm in the process of legally changing my name to Tiffany Yvonne. Like first name, Tiffany, what's your last name? Yvonne. People like, no, I'm like, yeah, actually it is. Cause it's who I've always been. I've, you know, 44 years. I'm on my fourth last name. No, I have not been married four times, but I had my dad's. I had my mom's. I had, it's, um, it's too much. I am Tiffany Yvonne. So, so where can you find me? On LinkedIn, Tiffany Yvonne Gratton McDuffie. On um, Instagram, it's also Tiffany Yvonne, but I think the little at symbol is she plays to win. And then what's coming up next is really we are rolling out. Um, I have a small but mighty team. We are rolling out Happy at Work Academy across the nation. Right now we have some pretty uh, big Fortune 500 companies that are engaging in the content and loving it. I'm doing some work with 1871. So all of my startup people, if you have any um, tech interest um, and you're in Chicago, 1871, you'll find me there doing a leadership cohort. And and really, um, I guess the, the one simple thing that never changes is my email. And so that's Tiffany at sheplays.co. It's not .com. It's not a typo. I didn't mess it up. But Tiffany at sheplays.co 
is where you can email me. And I am just um, roaming around these internet streets. And now that I think COVID's over, but I think they said it's coming back. COVID don't quit. Don't quit like COVID. Just be like COVID. Just don't quit. <laughs> That's going on my quit list. COVID. No, literally. COVID. <laughs> literally. But um, yeah, I'm just out here spreading joy, hope, peace, love, you know, like all those things that we act like we have to wait for. We have to wait until retirement. We have to wait until we meet the right person. We have to wait. Like you don't have to wait. Those things are available for you right now, just like the struggle is. And so uh, which one are you going to pick? Right. That's so true. Oh, I'm so excited. And I'm going to actually include your information below because I can see not only so many people reaching out to you um, for, you know, to know more about this, but also like, I know we have a lot of listeners that need you at their corporations. Like we need to be calling our job HR people like, all right, we need to have the Academy here. So definitely want to make sure I put that information in the details of this interview so we can really share this joy because I feel like everybody can say that we definitely need some more happiness in the workplace. Absolutely. And you know, I have a, a one pager. I'll send it to you. I don't know if you're able to easily connect it in the show notes as well, but that people can use to give to their employers and, um, you know, just to, to, to do both so like double duty. Hey, this is the real thing. This is something that I think, you know, people in our organization could benefit from while y'all talking about psychological safety and while y'all talking about inclusion, boom, here's how you can make it a yeah. real thing. Yeah. But also, um, just, just to, to know that like the ears are open of, of corporate leaders now, and they know that they must do something different in order to get a, a different result. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Put it there. And I am welcome. I welcome introductions. I welcome you spreading that word. And I would love to, um, to see you all somewhere soon. Yes, of course. Well, thank you for joining me so much. This was a great episode. I Like I talk to you all, well, I don't talk to you all the time, but I talk to you enough. And I definitely feel like I learned so much in this interview. Like I know the magic that you provide for corporations and for women. And I want to say kudos to you for doing that, but I'm especially learned so much and I'm like intrigued what's next. So I thank you so much, Tiff. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. I will be checking in, make sure y'all following this, uh, these tips that she provided. And until next time, thank you everyone.